0: Third year. Good morning, happy New Year to everybody. Glad that you're here, everybody. Well, well, everybody in our church isn't. So, uh, if you don't have any problems to pray about this morning, please pray for somebody in the church. We got a lot of sickness still around, and the death. Uh, Mitzi Holiday's mom. Please pray for them. Um, her dad is really struggling with it, losing his wife, and um, you know he, he has some problems of his own, and so just dealing with this is just another thing on him. So please pray for, pray for them if you will. Uh, just before we get into the message, I, I do want to say a little something about the coat drive. Now that's this Saturday. This was a short time span that we had to pull all this together. See a lot of coats out here. But the goal is a hundred coats. We're not there yet, and um, and I was really excited. I, I found. Coat for a coat for $19. I thought, man, I've done an awesome job. A cute little coat for a little girl. And then somebody told me about getting one for less than $15. Then my mom, you know, she calls and she's found 10 for under $10 a piece, you know. So, uh, y'all just keep shopping, believing God's going to give you a great blessing of finding some good coats at cheap price like that. And listen, if you don't have time to buy a coat, but you would like to. If uh, you want to write a check today, get it to an usher or staff member, and we'll, we'll, buy, we'll buy a coat in your name this week. Or, you know, if we can find them cheap enough, we'll buy two, three, whatever you can give because uh, we want to do this. And listen, they also need some help. If you'd like to be involved, they're going out there to actually interact with the kids and share, share the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't just get, come to get us saved. He also wanted to meet our needs while we were here as well, and, and uh, wrapping these kids up in a warm coat is important, uh, and I, I know a bunch of you have already been touched with this and you want to be involved, so please, see, see Brittany and Haley, if you've got more questions, it's this Saturday, so we've got to have, you know, coach, uh, please, if at all possible, have everything here by, by Wednesday night uh, so that we can we can uh, know that we've got everything together, and if again, if you want to give but you just don't have time to go buy a coat, let us know, give us the money, and we'll go buy it in your name, okay? All right, so let's see, and you see a little something, somebody asked me how we got this car in here, and uh, I don't, you know, come around the side, you realize it's not a whole car, it's just, it's just a trunk, okay, but we'll mention this in just a few moments in the sermon, but um, because I've got something I want we'll to share with you about it, but it's just time for the junk in the trunk series, you know, that everybody's got their mind on cleaning out their junk this time of year, right? And, uh, but we, sometimes we forget about the junk that we have in here, we, we clean out all that stuff that's in our houses, we forget about that, so... That starts next week. I'll probably say something about that in just a few moments in the sermon. Just before we have a word of prayer, and get into this message. I told you about this message over a month ago. It's something that God started sharing with me. And uh, when I read these couple of verses of Scripture from 2 Kings, when I read these verses, uh, God, I, I, want you, I want you to understand this, okay? God did not impress me with something to tell you today. God spoke some specific things for me to tell you today. Uh, now... I am, you guys know, I don't, I don't play the superlative thing. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. You know, this is the most important message you will ever hear in your life. And I don't play that game. Okay. Because next week there's going to be another most important. I don't play that game. I'm telling you though, this is something God has spoken to me specifically to share with you. I want you to understand. I want you to get this today. This is about third year. Um, so we're going to pray about a have a word of prayer. Uh, j- just get into the verses. We'll read these couple of verses and then we'll back up. And what I want you to do today is really just take a little journey with me through these verses and just hear the things that God has told me to share with you about third year for Church 2911. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God. God, again, Lord, just all the great stuff, Lord, that you have done for me in 20, 2010. Lord, how you blessed me, God. Uh, Lord, there are uh, tough times that were back there. God, some times that I, I had questions, I had concerns, Lord. And God, you showed up every time. And, and, and you didn't owe me another time. But God, you proved yourself once again. You proved that you were the God that you said you would be. And you, you met every one of my needs. God, you've taken care of me. You've provided for me. And God, now we're looking, looking into a new year, 2011. God, looking for new direction. And God, you've given it. Here again, proving yourself, not, God, does not allow us to just uh, walk around lost and w- wondering, God, where we need to go next. But, God, giving us direction and wisdom, Lord. And I just pray, God, make, make us men and women. Make us grow up today if we've not yet. And, Lord, make us make us ready to the task, Lord, to accept the challenge that you give us for third year, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you, God, give us new dreamers as well, Lord, and, and, and challenge the heart of every person that is with us right now, God, I just pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Second Kings chapter 19. Let's read these two verses, then we'll back up and go through them kind of slow. And God says, this shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself. In the second year, what springs from the same? Also in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. I read the scripture just a little over a month ago. It was it was immediate that God began speaking to me, and and it's like He said, you know, look at a blueprint. Of Church twenty nine eleven in these two verses, it, you know, it was, just, it was just amazing, and I don't, I don't know how much of this that is in my mind. You know, I, I'm seeing this picture of, that is in here. I don't know how much of this I can really get to, you and you can really grasp. But I'm, I'm hoping you can grasp these first two years because I, you got to see these first two years so that you got faith to believe about this third year. Okay, and I want, I want to show you this because that's, that's what excited me is because I, I saw what the history in the first two years. And so that lets me know that the future that God has for third year is valid because there it is in the first two years. And I, I've been praying, and seeking God. There's some things that there's some things that God has shared. with Some things that He had shared before these verses, and just boom! And here's these verses are. So let, let's let's back up into the first year, and uh, He says, "This year." such as grows of itself. Now, here's what he's saying. He says, this year you're going to eat such as grows of itself. The, the Israelites, they were in battle. They'd actually been attacked two times and a lot of the people were killed. People had been driven out, uh, driven out of their homeland. And uh, so God is... Telling them, hey, everything's going to be fine, da, 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 da. And he said, here's the sign. This year, you're going to eat what grows of itself. Okay. So this is like just natural growth. You know, just what grows of itself. You're going to eat just what naturally grows. Okay. And here's when, when, when I began reading this, God said, that's church 2911. Look at the first year. The church, you know, the church is about a year and a half old right now. And he said, this is, this is the first year right here. It's, it's described as natural growth, you know. One of the things that happens when uh, you, you have a new church, and Cliff and I, we're talking about that this past week. And, you know, uh, one of the things that happens in a new church is you, you open a new church, you plant a new church, you launch a new church. Everybody, you know, lots of people are going to come just out hey, this is a new church, you got to go check that out. There is a natural growth that happens just because it's something new. People want to see it. I mean, that's what happens with a new building. That's why a lot of churches think, hey, build a new building. We'll have a whole lot of... Pay. You know, can I, can I tell you this? Uh, let me just say this. I've been here before. Where we are as a church, I've been here before at least two times, okay? I've been here at this place at least two times. And I can tell you that the first 50 or 100 people are easy. Now I know if there's any pastors out there that are going to listen to this podcast, there's some of them going to say you are crazy because there's you know, and I'm not and I'm not trying to belittle them or say you you guys just can't got it figured out. But I'm not saying that it's always easy. But what I'm saying is it's the easy part because it's when you get to the hundred to the hundred fifty and and you start trying to go on that's when. You gotta step in just a little bit. So I want you to understand that that first year of growth that we had, and you know, where we were inviting people, you know, come be a part of the dream team. We were building the dream team and, and, uh, new dreamers were coming. And that, that's the easy part. Excitement just kind of gets you going there. And, and let me go ahead and say this now and kind of get this out of the way. But, you know, there, there's a thing that God does that where he protects people. You know, when somebody becomes a new Christian, you know, and, New Christians aren't as smart as somebody that's been a Christian 20 years. I mean, it's spiritual things, right? I mean, you know, when you were a new Christian, you know, didn't you do some stupid things or think some stupid things? You read a scripture. I told this story uh, in the early service. We had a young man when I was a youth pastor got saved, and he said, okay, so what do I do? And I said, start reading the New Testament and just figure out, you know, you know and God will start... To showing, showing things to you. And so he called me one night, he said, hey, I gotta ask you a question. He said, I've been reading in the New Testament. And he said, I started in Matthew. He said, I've been reading. He said, how many times did Jesus live on this earth? And I said, once, why? He said, well, I read Matthew, and he lived, died, and rose again. And then I got into Mark, and he lived, died, and rose again. Now I'm in the Luke, and all of a sudden, he's uh, he's been born all of it. And I said, oh, well, so I had to explain to him. You know, four different guys telling the same story, just from a different perspective. And, you know, sometimes we're kind of stupid. You know, we're like children or whatever. And God protects us. You know, he He, he protects us in our stupidity. He, t- he protects us in, in our idiocy, in our naivete, and all those things. But eventually, you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to grow up, right? And he doesn't want to have to protect us over every little thing that goes on. And for a church, the same thing happens. In the first year or two, it's, a, it's easy. You know, God just kind of gives blessings because he knows. I mean, man, you, sometimes you're just struggling to have the lights on. Or you're struggling to try to get a band together. Come on, say amen, Sister Jamie. You, you know, just, you're just struggling to, to do some of the things. And God just kind of just shows up and says, okay, let me give a blessing here. Let me give a healing here. Let me give this here. Let me touch some people and do some. And, and, and that's why I said the first 50 or 100, that's the easy part. Okay, but now the second year, and here again, this is church 2911 history, the second year, what springs from the same? Now, uh, theologians say that the next year, the second year that was coming was a sabbatical year. Don't have time to talk about the sabbatical year, but it's, it's when they, they let the land rest. And so they, they weren't supposed to, to plant crops. They weren't supposed to work the ground. And what they would do is they would just eat whatever came up from the previous year that came up again. You know, it's kind of like, accidental growth, you know, it's not anything anybody uh, cultivated or anybody planted, it's just kind of accidental growth, you know, where, where maybe some of the, some of the uh, kernels of the ears of corn, you know, fell on the ground, and, and some of the other just kind of sprouted back again because the root didn't die and it was still there, and, and so, and, and God provided in this way, and it, the exact same thing, you know, and we think it's accidental growth, but it's not accidental because God created the crops to do this way, and he would give special blessings in that sixth year, so in the seventh year, when they were laid the ground, rest, there would be an abundance that came from nowhere. It was like an accident, but it wasn't an accident. It actually was a second generation of growth. It was just a second generation of that first year that came in, and that's exactly what happened at Church 2911. You know, that that the, the dream team, the dreamers, the first ones here, the ones from the old church, and the ones that came in, they began to just talk it up, you know. And they didn't even realize it was kind of accidental. They didn't realize sometimes that just talking about their church was making people want to come because they're so excited about their church and the place they were going and all that. And and it was kind of a, an accidental growth. And we're kind of like, well, you know, where did all these people come from? You know, I'd hear those kinds of comments every once in a while. Somebody'd be sick for two or three weeks and they'd come in and say, Man, there's a lot of new faith. How did all this happen? And we look at it and say, Man, this is, this is great. Just And you think it's it's not accidental growth. This is the way God designed it. There's a, a second generation thing. And, and can I tell you something? Let me tell you this. I, I, I'll say this as quick as I can. Sitting here, even with us right now, we have fourth generation, you know, not just second generation. We have fourth generation people in this church right now. So, and what I mean fourth generation, I mean I mean this: people who were invited by. Someone who was invited by someone who was invited by someone who was part of the original dream team just a little over a year and a half. That's awesome, isn't it? That it has gone from here to here to here to four generations down. Some of you sitting here are four generations down, and so this this second year, it's not accidental growth. That's exactly the way God intended it. But it's like you and I—we're going—we're scratching our head, thinking, "How did this happen?" You know, and it's because you were talking about it, because you found a place that fits your your dream. Your vision, uh, you're wanting to do something different to to not be a same old, same old, and you know the, the all the churches right down the street or whatever you want it, and you're just talking about it, and this growth begins happening. Okay, so here here we see this, and I, and I had to back up and talk to you because I wanted you to see this is exactly what, and this is this is the plan. Now, now I told you uh, that I've been here before it, with at least two churches. I've been at, at this point with with our attendance and our growth where we are right now. But let me tell you two things of those two churches. There's two differences in those two churches where I've been before. That for one of the churches that I pastored, this, where we are right now, was the end. It began to be the end. The church began to quit growing and began to drop off and began to people began to go elsewhere. And and it was the beginning of the end. A church is still in existence. But I can tell you there's not a lot going on at that church anymore. But the other church that I pastored, and we were at this place where church twenty nine eleven is it was not the end. it was just the beginning. Can I tell you something this this it's up to us today now god God has a dream and what he wants to do through church twenty nine eleven He has a dream of what I mean, just think your personal life God has dreams of what He wants to do in your life, but he is not going to do it. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, somebody say Amen. He's not going to make you rich if you're wasting all your money. You're throwing it all away. You're squandering it. You're 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 abusing your wealth. Or what? God is not going to do that. He wants to provide for you, but he's not going to. Do it. And in the same way, our church, we get to decide whether we go on to the full dream of everything God wants to do through us, or if we want to start seeing the death and the decline of the church. Twenty nine eleven dream. It's up to us. Well, I, you know what I want. And I pray some of you do this too. So let's go on because then it says also in the third year sow and reap. Now let me say this about third year. Our anniversary is Easter. So April 24th, 2011, in about three and a half months, we will have our second anniversary and we will begin the third year. Then why are we preaching this in January? But because then it's time for the third year to actually begin. But today, it's time for us to start getting ready for third year. I mean, you don't wait until it's here to start getting ready for it, do you? I mean, Christmas, how long did you start getting ready for Christmas? Well, some of you went shopping the night before, right? Yeah, okay, my goodness, I, you know, I needed to talk to you two or three months ago about this. But some of you, you understand you have to get ready for big events and things that are going to happen. You have to be ready for the awesomeness of what God wants to do in your life. It's, you can't just show up today and everything turn around in your life. Well, you know what, if you're not a Christian, sometimes God will do that for you because, He takes care of us when we first become Christians and He does some of those things for us. But eventually He wants us to grow up and we're about to see third year, okay? And you know what? This is what God is saying. God is saying third year for Church 2911 is the year the church has to grow up. But thank God for it because we're going to talk about some of that growth and what we've got to do. But the important thing is, if we'll do the growth part, I've got to tell you about the stuff he wants to do that is out there once we deal with the growth part, okay? And so that's why we're talking about third year right now is because we've got to get ready. Because in April, April 24th Easter, man, we don't want to be preaching this message, do we? No. We want to already be ready for third year so that God can bring in souls that need to be saved and need to know Jesus Christ and they can be saved on Easter morning, right? So that's why we're dealing with this right now today. And so what he says to do is he says, you got to sow and, you, and you're going to reap. Okay, it's the, the word sow. That's, that's, that's where God spoke to me next in this, okay? And, and when he said this about third year is there's sowing. And what is different about third year from first and second year is this, is the sowing part. Now, we pick up in this story, uh, uh, the uh, the promise is in the first year, you're just going to reap whatever comes. And the second year, you're just going to reap a second generation of that. But now this year, you're going to sow. And, and just in a few minutes, you're going to see, if you don't remember what we read just a few moments ago, you're going to see a, a abundance that God wants to talk about. I mean, God wants to talk about this in abundance. and And, and it's going to happen, but it's only going to happen if we catch this of what this part means right here. And it means there's going to be sowing. And here's the difference. Is everything else just kind of happened, but this year has to be about purpose. That we've got to have purpose in our life and purpose to see the stuff that needs to happen. We don't just, you know, like I was talking about how that second year was accidental growth. Oh, how did this happen? You know, and we didn't even know what we were doing when we were talking up our church and we were talking about great things. We didn't even know it. We didn't even know when we were saying, hey, we, we like that youth pastor. Oh, we like that, uh, uh, you know, that praise and worship pastor. We like that kids church, you know, and, and the things they've got going on. And we didn't even know what we were doing. But you know what? Now we're looking back and we see, man, this faith. They're here today because they heard me talk or they heard that one or they heard that one or they were invited. And so now we know. So you know what we've got to do now with purpose. We've got to do the things that we know to do. We've got to share. We've got to talk it up. And we've got to do it even more because now we know what it is. It's, it's not an accident. It's not an accident to, to tell somebody. Now you and I know about telling somebody, well, listen, you just need to come on down to, to Church 29. Let, let me give you an example. Good example right here. Got our her trunk already. ready. Well, we got a couple things we're going to try to do to it before next week when we kick off the series. Next week, we're going to talk about financial junk in your trunk. Okay, and next week we're gonna uh, turn this key and open this trunk, and, and we're gonna go through the stuff, the financial junk that gets in our trunks, that gets in our lives, and, and holds us down. Now, now, now think about this. If I were to tell you that next Sunday in the nine thirty and eleven o'clock services, in both services, we're going to be giving out ten thousand dollar checks. Ooh, I got everybody's I saw some y'all were looking around other places when I said ten thousand dollars. Y'all turned around, looked at me. We're going to be giving out ten thousand dollar checks. To everyone who is struggling financially. Now, how many, do you know anybody that you would be calling this afternoon and say, you better be there early next Sunday at church 2911. Do you know somebody like that? Think about it. Do you know somebody in your family? Now, listen, what, if I said, but nobody that's here right now today, because some of you think, I'm going to be here. I'm going no, no, no. Let's think about it. If I were to say we're well, going to give $10,000 checks out to people that you know that are in financial need, how many of you know somebody that you'd bring? That you'd call this afternoon and say, you've got you to gotta make sure. Get it on your calendar. Don't you let in. They're giving out $10,000. You'd do that, wouldn't you? But you know what would happen, don't you? All those people that we would invite next week and give them a $10,000 check if we had $10,000 to give everybody like that. You know what happened? They'd take some of it and pay some of their debt off, right? And then they'd take the rest. They'd buy that big screen TV or that other thing or that other, you know, whatever that they've been wanting all this time. And they would still basically be in the same place they were before they got that $10,000 check. But you know what? We're going to do something better. Because we're not going to give them a $10,000 check that's just going to help them a little bit for a little while. We're going to introduce them to a God that wants to get into their trunk and start clearing out all the junk and start teaching them how to keep the junk from getting back in the trunk. At the end of the service, we're going to have a specific prayer for God to deliver, to to bring deliverance and power and wisdom and opportunity and favor into their lives. For them to, to have opportunity for jobs and raises and better things to happen in their lives. We're going to be doing that in the service. And so you know, what that, those people that you would have called about a ten thousand dollar check, you need to be talking to them this week because that's your first opportunity to have some purpose in your life and say, wait a minute, I know how this thing works now. People become Christians when they hear other Christians talk about the great things that God has done for them. That's how that's how Simon Peter became a Christian. Andrew went and told him. You know that's that's how even you know Bartholomew, Philip. That's how he was reached it was because he told him about the things. And and so this year the re- the difference in this year and this what God is saying for third year for Church twenty nine eleven is because we're going to talk about it on purpose. We got to get this in the forefront of our mind, not just in the back of our mind. And this is, you know, some of you you've already got somebody in your mind that God spoke to you. You thought of and you, you, you might have thought, I just thought of them because we were thinking about $10,000 checks. Now I believe God spoke that person to you in your mind because this week you're supposed to talk to them about coming because next week we're going to pray for them and believe God to give them a financial miracle a blessing and give them wisdom and favor and those kinds of things and god's already told you somebody you need to talk to about this this week but for some of you maybe you don't have anybody on mind and all of us need to keep our keep our antenna our spiritual radar up this week because god is going to give us the opportunity maybe you're going to be sitting around and overhear somebody talk about their financial needs or maybe somebody's actually going to sit down with you at lunch and say man i am in a mess You know anything I can do? And you need to say, Yeah, I know one thing you can do. This Sunday, don't know what my pastor's going to say, but we're going to talk about financial junk in people's trunk. And we're going to have a prayer, and I believe God, because, and share one of your stories. And we're going to do this. The year, the third year, God is saying this has got to be a year of purpose in your life. That you've got to have purpose as you talk about the goodness that he has. And it's, it can't be a, just a Sunday morning thing anymore. It has to be. And listen, if you've been around since before we launched the church, when we were just getting ready, you heard me. You heard David, my wife. You've heard us talk about this. Is that we've got to open our mouths when we get out the doors as much as we're standing here and saying, God touched me this week. He blessed me this week. He healed me this week. He sent a financial blessing to me this week. We've got to start talking out there and God says third year has got to be the year that you do it with purpose and so and then he goes on he talks about vineyards plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. anybody have y'all ever seen a vineyard Everybody know what a vineyard is? Y'all ever seen one? We almost had a vineyard in the back of the parsonage that we sold last year. Uh, in the backyard, we had we had two muscadine vines, and they couldn't have been there very long because the, the, the house wasn't that wasn't that old. I don't even think the house was ten years old, and uh, I don't. They couldn't have been there that long, you know. But they were. I mean, they ran way. They were long things, and, and you know what? Nobody had taken care of them, and I don't know how many years, but they just kept coming back and coming back. And the muscadines on them, man, they were so sweet. They were just a great and sweet. And, and you know, they're not, I hadn't done anything to them. Previous pastor hadn't done it. We hadn't put any, any kind. I don't even know how you fertilize uh, muscadine vines. I don't even know how you do that. Nobody had done anything. They hadn't been trimmed. They hadn't been pruned or anything. But still, it's just sweet, beautiful fruit. Listen, here's what God is saying about this. Up until this point, you've lived by maybe, but No longer. You've lived by maybe, but no. And how many churches out there that are living by maybe? Maybe God's going to give us a great year. Maybe God's going to save some people this Sunday. Maybe God is going to meet our financial needs. Maybe God is going to save my lost loved ones. Maybe God will heal me. Maybe, maybe. and, And people live by maybe. You know what? Christians aren't supposed to live by maybe. The Word of God says the just shall live by Faith. We don't live by maybe. If God says it's going to happen, right? And you know what? There's a law. I started writing some of these down this week, but there's one. There's a law. You know, there there are laws like you know the law of gravity. If I step off, I'm going to fall, right? Y'all know that law, right? God made that law up, and you know it works every time, doesn't it? I mean, you you can't you can't step off here and just float. Any of those times, it works every time. And there's another one, and it's right here. If you sow, you know what's going to happen? You're going to reap. You put good seed in good ground. You're going to get a harvest, and God's saying, "Plant vineyards and eat the fruit of the." And when you plant, when you get serious, when you start doing it on purpose, it's going to. Ha- when you start talking about good things in front of your lost family members, when you start talking about good things in front of your in front of your coworkers and schoolmates, and police, people that you know in all the places that you go, when you start talking about good things, you're planting good seed, and there's going to be a harvest that comes back. But he goes beyond just uh, beyond just a crop for this year. He's talking about planting vineyards so that there's never any. Major be anymore. You know what I know about the vineyard? I know that there's always going to be a harvest every year. And you know what? And it doesn't even take resowing every year. That vineyard it's going to keep producing and keep producing and keep producing. Now if you don't take care of it it's going to get a little worse every year. You know it's going to drop off a little every year. But it's like every year there's something different to do to it. You don't you don't prune it every year as much as you do. You don't, you don't do something and you work at it. But every year the thing you know about a vineyard is it's going to be there. If you don't plant corn every year you're not going to get corn. But when you start planting vineyards. Vineyards keep coming. And every year, and this is what God is saying to us about third year, you're going to start because of the purpose. The purpose that you're doing these things with. God says you're going to start digging and planting vineyards and doing things on purpose. And I'm going to bring vineyards into your church. Vineyards that are going to produce sweetness and blessing and fruit and goodness and wonderful things. I'm going to start bringing these things into your church because you're doing what I've told you to do in third year. And that first thing is, is, is that purpose. Okay, We're going to sow we're going to reap. And then the remnant, who have escaped to the house of Judah, remnant. You know what a remnant is? A remnant. Look at the verse uh, or the definition. It says a small remaining quantity. Of something. I don't like the word small. Do Y'all, I don't like the word small. A small remaining quantity. Man, that sounds bad. I know a lot of churches that have a remnant, a small remaining quantity of something else. And you know, here's something that happens in second year. We're a little over halfway through second year. Here's something that happens in second year. Because in first year, you remember what I told you, you have all these people come by and want to check you out and see what you are and say, so, man, this is exciting. And all the, Here's a new church and I wanted to go see about that and all that. And in second year, you know what you have happen in second year? You have these people say, wait a minute, I, 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 I thought this was going to be about me. This ain't about me. Your church ain't about me. And so people started going and finding something else. Let me tell you what Church 2911 is about in case you, you don't know or you forgot. Or you, I, I can't, I can't preach you the whole sermon right now, but I can tell you this. The vision statement is that we, our vision is to engage our communities with the love of Jesus with a special emphasis toward those who are unchurched or who have been alienated from the church because they've gotten hurt or whatever. The unchurched and the dechurched. That our vision, our goal and our dream you know, I don't have time to give you all this, but it, it's all about reaching somebody who is not a Christian. We don't want to be a cookie cutter of every other church in town and just be the next stop for somebody who got mad at their pastor up the road or down the road or whatever. We want to reach the people who are not in church today. And right now we have over 50 people who regularly attend this church that were not attending anywhere before they started coming to church 2911. God is fulfilling the dream. But you know what happens? What happens is some people say, but wait a minute. What about me? You know, they're, they're coming because they want a pastor. You know, pastor, I, I need you to give me something for me. And, and, and Jamie, I need you to give me something. You know, sing something for me today. And Trace, uh, you know, you got to work, do something for my my teenagers. And, and Kristen, you, your people got to do something for my kids. You know, what is in this for me? And when people realize, wait a minute, this is not a church about me. This is a church about them, the ones who don't know Jesus Christ today. Not the ones who are sitting at home because they're mad at their pastor. The ones who are sitting at home because they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know this God that can deliver them of all the junk. Not just the financial, but all the junk that is in their trunk. That's what this church is about. And because of that, we're going to be, and in this second year, we're going to be like, just like Jesus was when he started talking about the sacrifice and the effort and the work. You know what happened? Many that were following him, they went back and said, I don't want this walk anymore. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me also? And Simon Peter says, if we leave you, where would we go? Because you have the eternal words of life. And th- there are some, there are some that's sitting here today that you know you part of the remnant. And this is what God is saying. There's a remnant of the dream team left. There's a remnant of the second and third generations and fourth generation and invitees and first time attenders of this church that say no, this is the place. This this connects with my heart. This this dream that this church has is the same dream that God has given into my spirit. You know, uh, oh, I don't have time to back up two years ago and tell you about how, how this all came to pass. But that's, that's exactly how this was all birthed is we don't want to be about us anymore more. We want to be about them. And that remnant that is still hanging around here saying, I want to be about them that don't know Jesus. God says, this is what's going to happen in third year, church 2911 with the remnant. Here's what's going to happen. Oh, let me get, thank you, Mike, for giving me this. I got to tell you this in case, in case you just get a little word about that small number. First Samuel says for nothing restrains the Lord by saving from saving by many or by a few. God doesn't have to have a hundred, two hundred, four hundred to save. He doesn't have to have a huge number. And you know, and I said this in an early service, that if it gets down and I'm the only, if everybody leaves and I'm the only one still here believing God to bring the dream to pass, God can still do it. Because it's not about a number. It's not about how many. But I'm saying, listen, I don't want to test God and try that, so y'all don't all leave, okay? I mean, we're really looking for the remnant that really wants to believe and hang in here because Zechariah says this, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not within us. But thank God, that's our, that's our scripture from 2 Chronicles 29, 11. Thank God he chooses us to make the dream happen. And so here's what's going to happen with the remnant. If you're part of the remnant, I'm praying you're part of the remnant. It says, the remnant it shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Several points, several words i got to bring to you right here out of this verse. It says, shall again. Shall again. And, and what this is denoting? What God was telling them. is He was reminding them. They were being displaced from their country. But God says, the remnant shall again take their place. He says... He wasn't saying, I'm bringing you into a foreign place or a new place or a strange place. I'm putting you in the place you belong. Oh, listen to that. That's what he says about third year. I'm putting you in the place you belong. What you're going to understand, you thought it was an accident or you thought all these other things that are happening were just accidents or coincidences. But what you're going to learn in third year, church 2911, is that God has this church where he wants this church. He's got you where he wants you. He's got you where he needs you. You're in the place. He's bringing you into the place where you fit, where you belong. He was taking them to the place where they had had already been not a new place but the place that he had established him and that's where he's taking his third year we're going to learn who god really wants us to be it says two words there upward and downward in any plant that grows which direction does it grow first downward you put a seed in the ground does it sprout up first no i know this from sixth grade we put a butter bean on a on a on a um a sponge with some water you know what happened first as a little green thing came out of it and it started going down it started trying to find somewhere to go it was sometime later before there was ever that other little stem that went up with a little leaf on it but that little root it started out first you've got to go down before you go up the remnant in third year is be- is going to go down the remnant in third year is going to commit to deep roots you know I, Last year, I've been saying this ever since we moved into this house four years ago that I'm going to get rid of that fig tree. Now I know y'all, know y'all probably know what a fig bush is. We had a fig tree. It, w- it was taller than this, this uh, the ceiling right here. It would probably take 10 of us to hold hands and just get all the way around it. I said, I'm and I finally decided I got rid of it this year, and I thought, I'm going to do this, and I said, the toughest part's going to be cutting this thing down. And so if I got my dad's chainsaw, let me tell you something, cutting it down was no big problem. Getting rid of the trunk, whoop, I, Hey, I was done. And the branches, threw them on the back of the truck, went down the landfill, I'm done. The branches and the trunk were easy, but now the root. I was thinking, you know, it's probably got a root ball because, you know, I've seen people plant things. I'm not a big horticulturalist or whatever they are. But I've seen root balls, you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to dig around this a couple of feet, you know. uh Uh-uh. I saw all these roots. A bunch of them were over the top of the ground. So I took my dad's chainsaw and I cut this root because it was above the ground. Cut this root, and man, I started. I started. I was gonna pull it. Uh. Uh-uh. It went all. It went over. For, it went for feet. For feet, just right up under the ground, and for, for many feet. Over this way and over that way, and over that. I went online to try and figure out some. What are you going to do to kill this root? I found some place that said drill holes and pour uh, full strength. Don't don't dilute it, but pour full strength Roundup in it. So I took me a hole saw, you know, and got out there and I just drilled me some holes down in the root and all those all those uh, root extensions that were uh, that were uh, wide enough. I drilled some holes. And I poured Roundup in it. I thought, okay, it's going to die now, huh? It's still there. I'm 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 kind of halfway expecting in spring there's going to be some. New growth coming out of that thing. I'm not done with the root yet because the root got strong. It was not just a big tree full of figs and fruit, it had a strong root. The roots, what's going to make us who we are, the root and digging down is what's going to do it. It's the root, and this is your part right here, right now, for, for third year. This is your part. If you're going to commit, be part of the the, the twenty nine uh, eleven uh, remnant. Here is your part. It, it is right here. Is a commitment to having deep roots up to this point, And I don't mean any I don't I don't mean any you know thing against anybody in this church. But up to this point, our church we've been a shallow church. Sorry if that offends anybody. We've been a shallow church, that, and I don't mean that in an ugly way. But we have. We're in a new church. There's a lot of things that are shallow. Like I said, some days we're just trying to find a bass player or something. Thank God for Michael. Sometimes we're trying to find a drummer. Thank God we got a connection with Stone now when we need. You know, some days we're just trying to find somebody to sit in a pew, and and, and it's just you know it's just surface. But God says, you know, He's blessed us. He's given us great growth and, and great, and we've got miracles that have happened in this church. People have been healed. People that have been healed that we can give testimonies today. But it's because God has been protecting us as we've been getting ready. But God says this is the third year. And in the third year this church is going to have to grow up. And to grow up we're going to have to commit to deep roots. We're going we're to reestablish the dream team. And the dream team is not going to be about be about let's all come together and have a, have a service. So let's come together and talk a little while the dream team. The, the very first thing is there's got to be commitment to deep roots. Because you've got to commit, I gotta commit, we gotta commit. We've got to have some people around here who commit to digging deep in God and going deep and finding, finding more than is just laying on the ground. You know what you find laying on the ground? All the rotten fruit that fell from the tree. That had gotten too ripe or wasn't healthy enough to hang on and be there. That's all you get when you don't go deep. And you just stay on the surface. We've got to have the commitment for deep roots. But here's something God also promises. If we do this, here's something he promises, and, 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 and this is something he'll do within us. And can I tell you something? Before God can do something through you, he has to do something in you. Before he can use you to reach your lost loved ones, before, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself right there. Before he can use you, you got to let him do something through you. And in our church in third year, he's going to do something in the trunk. He's going to bring unity in a strong trunk. You know, that, that fig tree he's talking about those roots. You know, you get out there, like I said, there was, some, there was a root that was running over here and way over here. And there was one that running this way and just kept running, kept running, one running this way, one running this way. All those roots running in different directions like all of you. Pieces of the root going and digging in your own direction and seeking something from God and God giving you something. And you're just going deeper and deeper and deeper. But there's one thing that ties them all together, isn't it? And it's, a, it's that root ball that comes up into that trunk that trunk that gets strong, that trunk that is, that is powerful and strong. And, and, and if you think this is going to happen in a couple of weeks, you know, you know you know, corn, y'all ever seen corn grow? I mean, you can almost just sit on the side of the road and watch corn grow. And, you know, tell me what kind of trunk it's got. And the first wind that blows through is whoosh. You know, it's like God just sneezed, blew it all down. Because there's, there, there's no, there's no substance that is there because it grew too fast. But if, if we'll commit to the deep growth, God's gonna bring this. And, and, in Ephesians chapter four, verses 12 and 13, we've used this scripture a lot around here, but it says that when, that, that, that all these gifts and all these things that are happening in the church are happening so that we can, we can grow up in Christ and build up the body of Christ. And it's gonna keep happening and keep happening until we come to a unity of the faith. And then that's where this trunk is coming from, this, strong, this streak that God is going to give us. And listen, we can't have, the, the last thing I'm going to tell you about the good part, the stuff we all want to point to, we can't have that unless we've got the strong trunk. Like the maple tree in my front yard. I mean, it's got roots growing. I don't know how far these roots grow. And the trunk's probably about this big. But then the leaves, the branches extend probably 40, 50, maybe more feet. And I don't even know, I ain't even got a guess as to how high the thing is but it's still there today because of the strength of the trunk because of the unity that God brings because of the commitment of going deep that the people have and what that brings to us is it brings the branches having a reach that goes way beyond its scope beyond anything you can imagine plant a tree watch it grow see what happens You plant the tree here, say, yeah, this is big enough. And that tree grows and fills the whole front yard. So, whoo, I put it in the wrong place. I didn't know it was going to get that big. That's what God wants to give you and me. Uh, Y'all ever prayed the prayer of Jabez? You know what it is? I've been praying the prayer of Jabez over your church. I've been praying the prayer of Jabez over your church. And the second part of it says, God, expand our borders. Give us a reach beyond what we've ever been reaching. Let us reach into places where, and you know what? We already have that opportunity. When we talk about engaging our communities, you know where our community is? Not right, right around here. Every one of you has at least three communities in your life. There's this community right here, but you've got the community right there where you live and the community where you work or go to school. And you've got a community where, you know, where you play ball or, or you play golf or, you know, you've you got a, a regular group. You do some kind of a hobby or activity. We've got all kinds of communities around us and all those places. Or places that we already have reach. And so in God, expand our reach. And, and I'm just, and, uh, you know what? All we really got to do is just start opening ourselves up right there where we are and quit being that little closed leaf that says, Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. And just open ourselves up. He's not going to take you into something weird. He created you to be who you are. He doesn't want you to, you know, uh, 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 let me just throw this in real quick. We're not about to go to start knocking on doors. You know, there are very few people in this world who like going up to total strangers and say, Do you know Jesus Christ? Are any of them here? Any of y'all like, anybody? No. So, see, no. The see, very few of them, right? God's not going to tell you to do something like that if that's not who you are. He's not called you into a new place. He's putting you in the place where you belong. That shall again take root. He's putting you where you belong. All you got to do is just open up and just be the person on Monday that you are on Sunday. Talk on Tuesday like you talk on Sunday. You know, and, and act like you do on Wednesday like you do, and just let people see really who you are in Jesus Christ. And he wants to bring this, and they're going to spread their branches. And you know what comes from the branches, don't you? Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Stand with me, if you will. Would everyone please come for front and stand with me? Everyone please come. Let's close right here with a final prayer and a song. What's the fruit, for fruit, the fruit? <clears throat> step in, come on, step in. Don't be scared of me or God, either one this morning, come on. You know, the only fruit I've really told you about this morning is I've talked about the fruit like your, your lost loved ones, you know, people that you know, your coworkers that aren't Christians. You know, that's one of the things that God is saying about third year. We've seen, you know, one of our goals is to eventually be over half, over half the people that attend to have not been in church before coming here. And we're at almost a third of that. We got about 170 people that regularly attend this church, and 50 of those, over 50 of those, about 52, 53, we're not in church for coming here. We're almost at a third of that. God says, third year, I'm going to take it to another level. Third year, you're going to reach even more. Third year, I'm going to give you this kind of fruit. Souls that don't know me today are going to start knowing me in third year. But you don't get fruit without branches. You got to stretch out. You don't get branches without a trunk. You don't get a trunk without the commitment to build a great root system. Every one of us. Every one of us has got to be. And the fruit is not just limited to the souls that are going to be saved. You yeah. Anything good you've seen happen around here, this is what I'm hearing God say. Anything good you're, you've, you've seen happening around here in these first 20 months. God's saying that's the beginning and that's just the little blessings I've given you in this shallow time. Go deep with me. In 2011, third year, God is saying this is the year. And I failed to say this in the first service of the close. God is saying this is the year that your commitment Go deep. He's going to bring unity, strengthen the church, and going to bring fruitfulness. And you know what good things we've seen happen around here that God says he's, it's just the beginning, just the beginning of the shallowness? We, I told you, we've heard of healings. We've had healings. We've prayed for people. We've prayed for people that went to the doctor and the doctor said they were sick. They went back to the doctor and they weren't. Things that were there that were gone the next time they went to the doctor. We've prayed for people that didn't have a hope of a job. And John and Christina just moved in here they are right. John Christine just moved into their own apartment this week. They had they had battle after battle after battle. That's a that's a miracle. Y'all know do y'all know the job market? He go he goes for a he goes for a, a, a an interview for a part-time job. And ends up before he I think before he even starts, he's got a full-time job, and a couple of weeks later he's got a he's got a raise, uh, a a thirty-three percent raise. Is that, did I did that math right? Yeah. A thirty-three percent raise in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's the kind of God we serve, and that's the kind of fruit He wants to bring. But the fruit—it's no—we're no longer kids. Church twenty-nine lives got to grow up. It's third year. We're no longer kids. You know, this is what happens to churches. You ever wonder? I'm not saying every church out there. This is how it happens. But churches, that plant, and grow for a couple of years, and everything looks great, and it stops. You know why it stops? Because the people do what I told you. I didn't have time to tell you all, but. What I told you happened in that first church that I pastored that got to this place. The churches that go on and start seeing the fruit. Oh, We don't have time to talk about it. Some of you are sick in body. You need a healing. That's part of the fruit. Some of you have financial needs. That's part of the fruit that's coming. Some of you have needs in your family. You need your family to be healed. Your marriage to be rescued from all the junk that you've been killing. Killing it with. That's part of the fruit that God wants to give us. And it's coming in third year. If we'll commit to going deep with Him. That's the message for third year. Bow with me if you will.